Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have a wonderful guest, Jonathan St. John, on. And he and I have known each other for many a year now. We were just talking before the show, many years. And it's kind of the power of Facebook and the Facebook groups and the internet being a small place. But Jonathan is uh, a tech expert, wizard, Shopify coder, guru. I don't know all the things to say about you, Jonathan. There's so many, but welcome to the show. Let's uh, let's have you introduce yourself and let people know who you are and, and your background before we jump into today's topic, all about Shopify, tech, and e-commerce. Well, thank you very much, Don. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I don't know that I can say anything even more glowing than you said. You did miss Jedi. <laughs> Uh, Jedi, perhaps yes. as, as, the, as the description. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. So, what am I? I'm a web monkey. I I, I write code. I wrangle code. Um, and yes. apparently, I did it well enough to start an agency. So now I have an agency that writes and wrangles code uh, uh-huh. called We Create Websites, and we're really focused in the e-commerce space, the Shopify space, because that's what people want and that's what people need. Um, been doing that uh, specifically in Shopify for the last three, four years. I've been working with code for almost 20 years now, uh, yeah. background in technical sales and a big focus on retail and operations in a previous life. And so the marriage of technology and retail and operations has really helped us find efficient and cost-effective solutions for our clients and, and we hope to explore that a little bit today. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to give some context on how you and I got together because I I think it's such a funny story where I I think I asked in the Facebook group, does anybody know anything about Shopify? And this was way back when I was just really getting into Shopify and e-com and having clients really want to switch things over. And Jonathan answered my request and Boom, we've been working together on and off again for four years, five years, four or five years. Something like that. Something like that. And if I remember correctly, you had you had a you, you needed to do something with the notification emails and you were asking and there was like twenty five people answering, Oh yeah, contact me. I can sell you my service. Contact right. me, I can sell you my service. And I just right. replied, here's the answer. Right. <laughs> right. And I was like, I want that guy. <laughs> that guy. So yeah, that's right. That was, that was really funny. And I, you know, I think when you, <laughs> when you find people who 
are genuine and authentic and just good humans and stuff. You got to, you got to keep them close to you. And that's, that's how I feel about you, Jonathan, but your tech skills go and have gone far beyond, you know, what I ever thought possible in the world of, of Shopify. And we've worked on some really complex projects together where we have made Shopify do things I didn't even know were humanly possible for any website to do, let alone Shopify. But for those of you who've listened to the podcast in the past, you know that I am a big fan of Shopify. It's my preferred platform for e-commerce for a variety of different reasons. And I know Jonathan just mentioned that he also prefers Shopify over other platforms. But maybe we could start there, Jonathan, from a technical perspective. You know, people always ask me, well, why wouldn't I want to go to WooCommerce or BigCommerce? Because it's on WordPress and it's so much more SEO friendly or or things like that. And I think some of that's a little mythological. <laughs> I think some of it's a little bit of a myth. But but talk a little bit about why you're so, you know, into Shopify and why you think that's the preferred platform for e-com. Yeah, for sure. So nothing inherently wrong with WooCommerce and WordPress or uh, EasyCart or, or PrestaCart or any of these longstanding right. uh, e-commerce platforms. The what Shopify did, apart from having incredible marketing, right. <laughs> um, which we can get into right. later, um, what they did is they removed the focus from the tech and put the focus instead on running your business. Yeah. Right. And that that's that's the real thing. They the website, the front end, okay, does it work? Yes. Does it work well? Yes. Yeah. Is it absolutely the best storefront platform on the planet? No. Right. It's not. Right. Um but it does it really well and it does it well enough where it really shines is you don't need to be a software developer yes. to start your own business website. Right. You, you, you sign up for the free trial, you choose a theme, you add some pictures, some text, you add some products and you connect your banking information done. Boom. Right. At its, at its minimum, that's what it is. Yeah. Now, can it do more than that? It can do so much more than that, yeah. but it doesn't have to. Yeah. And for many businesses, that is enough. Right. Right. You, you just need, here's my catalog, add to cart, checkout. And all of that works seamlessly, flawlessly, perfectly. Right. When we want to start adding additional technology, adding additional features, well, Shopify made some really, really smart marketing decisions in that they promote themselves, yes, but they have agency partners who promote them yeah. over and over and over again yeah. for a number of reasons, right? We just talked about a whole bunch of really good reasons why Shopify is a good choice for a platform. But we'll, we'll, we'll let your audience into a dirty little secret that really isn't a secret. <laughs> Shopify has some fantastic affiliate marketing. Yes, they do. Yes. Right? And so as a developer, when we create a Shopify store for a client and we transfer ownership of that store to the client, we get lifetime recurring revenue for the lifetime of that store equivalent to 20% of the monthly spend. Yep. Right. On the, on the plan. So if you're, if you're signing up for the core Shopify plan at $30 a month, we're going to make about $6 a month off of you. Right. Now it doesn't sound like a lot, right? But if I've delivered a hundred sites, that's $600 a month that's coming in. Right. At volume, right? that's is, pretty good. Uh, absolutely. Right. right. And and then that, that volume goes up 
as um, as the price plan goes up and it follows it. Right. So the other way that Shopify has really managed to get a strong foothold is through their app store process, right? right. So they didn't invent the app store. Uh, I would, if I had to say somebody invented the concept of the app store, I'd probably say it's it's iOS. Yeah. Apple yep. or, or really popularized it. Yeah. Even though similar platforms have existed in the past, but what they do. Yeah, what they did uh, with with Apple is we give you this platform, we put it on everybody's device, and we make sure this is the only place you can get apps. Right. And then you can charge them what you want, and we'll take a cut off of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Shopify followed this model. Here's our app store. Everything needs to go through a review process, which is good because it makes sure that no nefarious code is is getting into right. your store. Right. Um, and then they took a percentage. Right. So. Uh, that's recently changed. Shopify is, has, has changed their commission structure hmm. uh, based on other things that were going on in the market. I don't know if you're aware of the Apple versus uh, Epic Games uh, <laughs> lawsuit that happened. But anyways. Just, just slightly aware. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, like kind of a um, massive shift of all the things. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. The, the 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 argument that has been coming to the forefront is that these app store or these app stores and platforms are monopolistic and they're they're detrimental to developers and right. they're taking too much of a cut. Blah blah blah. Right. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I don't want to opine on that. Yeah. Um, but Shopify grabbed the bull by the horns and said, you know what, for our smaller app developers who make less than X annually from their apps, yeah. uh, we're not going to take a commission anymore. Right. So right. Cool. cool. Great. Uh, <laughs> so all this to say, I mean, I'm roundabout discussion of why Shopify has gotten such a foothold yeah. is because they got their affiliates and their partners and their developers to promote it for them because it's win-win-win. Right. 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 And now today, because of this affiliate marketing and because of the vast number of merchants that are using the platform and therefore the vast number of developers that are, are, are supporting the platform, yeah. you can find help anywhere. Yeah. And so if we go back to our core, which is why Shopify, well, it's easy to use. It's easy to set up. Uh, it, it handles all the heavy lifting for you. And when you're stuck, there are so many resources available to you. Yeah. I, I've talked about Shopify being kind of a no-brainer from a, a business perspective only because it is that standalone platform. So you're not techie. You don't know how to de develop a website. Maybe visually you're not you know, very good at making and developing websites. There's platforms <laughs> that are set up for you, right? You you pick a template, you drop your product in and boom. And literally, I, I have set up my own store as well as other people's stores in days at most, in some cases, you can do it in a couple of hours if you're really getting simple. And it, it's a platform that allows you to just be a business owner in a minute. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Now, from a technical perspective or from your perspective as far as e-commerce goes, how like from from an actual functionality perspective or e-com sales perspective, I don't know that I necessarily see or know the difference between Shopify and other platforms. But what would you say from that, you know, perspective of, you know, like if I'm on WooCommerce, should I switch to to Shopify or, you know, what, what, like I get that question a lot. Like what is the difference other than the functionality? Is there something from a sales perspective or something from a technical perspective that keeps me 
you know, that I should be aware of? The te- or... From the technical perspective, what really, what Shopify does and, and the main thing that Shopify does is abstract all of the technology away from the end user. Okay. And they do this, they, they yeah. have uh, a software as a service or an infrastructure as a service platform, right? So you pay your monthly fee, $30, $80, depending on the plan that you're on. And you don't have to worry about servers. You don't have to worry about software updates. You don't have to worry about security vulnerabilities. You don't have to worry about PCI compliance for credit card management. Um, You don't have to worry about uptimes. Um, All of this is taken away from you and you're paying for it, right? You're paying for it. And it's like, oh my God, why would I pay $30 or $80 a month when I can just set up a $5 server on DigitalOcean and run my own WooCommerce site? Sure, right. that's true, but, but it's not right. just $5 a month. It's all mm-hmm. the time that you now need to invest in setting up, upgrading, maintaining, patching uh, your, your, your infrastructure that hosts your website, right? You know, and people don't realize that. They don't, they don't know that that is all behind the scenes stuff that needs to happen necessarily. And I, and you're 100% right. I hear that all the time. Well, why do I need to spend $80 on Shopify when I can get, you know, this over here on on WordPress? But you're right, and a lot of people don't know that that all of those are things that have to be done behind the scenes Absolutely. outside of outside of that platform. That that's exactly right. And it it goes further than that because Shopify is so massive, right? Um, yeah. they have Content distribution agreements. They're they're use they use Cloudflare. They use uh, Amazon AWS. So whether you're in China, you're in Australia, you're in uh, Europe, you're in Canada, you're in the United States, your site is loading very very quickly because it's not just one site, one address on the internet. It's hundreds and thousands of addresses that are replicating the content and sending it back to you, back to the end yeah. user based on the fastest path, right? Um, can that be done individually? Could Bob, who wants to set up his own custom website on his own custom server, get the same result? Yes. Yeah. But it's a lot of time investment. It's a lot of knowledge requirements, right? Right. Yeah. That, you know, that's really a great way to think about it in terms of particularly as you don't necessarily know or understand the difference between the two platforms. I hear a lot of people just say, well, you have to add on so many plugins to Shopify to get it to do anything and and that kind of stuff. And now I'm paying for this and I'm paying for that. What do you think about you know, some of those comments about Shopify needing so many additional plugins to make it do what you need it to do? I, I found that to be true in some cases, depending on what you want it to do. But to, you know. to be fair, I don't know that WooCommerce is any different. Yeah. Um, like if you go into WordPress Marketplace or whatever they call it, there are thousands of applications available. Yeah. yeah. There are free ones, but there is also paid ones. Um, just a note about free apps in general. If you're getting something for free, then you're the product, right? Because um, <laughs> nobody gives you something for free. The, right. It, it costs money to have a server. It costs money to do web deployment. It costs money to do development and money or time, right? The two are kind of interchangeable. Right. Um, right. But back to the core question, uh, which is, you know, the, the complaint that in order to do X, Y, Z, you need to install an app. That yeah. is somewhat true. Um, yeah. 
it's true for a non-developer or for a customer that doesn't have a, for a merchant that doesn't have a development team, that yeah. if you want to add a feature that's not part of your theme or not part of the core platform, then it requires an application. True. Yeah. Um, you could do it differently. You could hire a developer and pay a capital cost, right? A one-time cost to this developer right. to develop a solution for you. Maybe it requires hosting on a third-party server for APIs or whatever. And then you're paying an ongoing operating cost to keep this uh, private app that you've created running. Um, or you can find a solution that already exists created by another developer who already yeah. has their managed hosting, plus has a customer service team, plus has run tests, plus yeah. it works on all sorts of other things and pay this guy five, 10, $25 a month. Yeah. So are you spending more? Are you spending less? It's debatable. Right. I could pay $25 a month for an application or I could pay $5,000 to have one de developed for me. Yeah. There will come a time where the capital cost will be less than the operating cost. Yeah. But you have to pay the capital cost up front. Right. Whereas the operating cost, right, you pay over time. Right. That being said, um, there are websites out there, business websites, and that are just overloaded with for lack of a better word, we'll call them craps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Right. Um, I don't want your spin to win. I, I really right. don't care. Uh, yeah. If I'm coming yeah. to buy a product or to learn about your brand, don't cover your brand with a message from a third-party developer telling me yeah. to enter my email for a coupon before I've even seen the product. Right. Um, and, and so nothing against apps. I'm an app developer. We have five published apps on the Shopify app store. Yeah. They have their place, right. Right? right? They can be very useful and they can help conversion or they can help your operations, but apps aren't the solution and apps don't replace marketing and quality copy and quality products. Right. Um, that, right. But before you start looking at features and what, what it got or what's it missing versus another platform, start with your business. What is yeah. your business? What are you selling? Who are you selling it to? What is your client persona? How are you messaging to them? You build yeah. your website brand and messaging around that, and then you can supplement it with certain things, right? Exactly. Uh, I some, speak some, to that frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, right, right. The, Apps are the solution. The website's not the solution. The The tool is not the solution to great sales or, or to selling more and more and more. The foundations of business, marketing, and, and product quality is key regardless of what platform you're on, 100%. And, Absolutely. and the apps, I love how you said that, the apps supplement what maybe physically or features that are not native to whatever platform, but that is to be expected depending on what you're trying to get it to do, right? Absolutely, absolutely. There, there are some apps that are very universal and highly valued, right? Things like a product reviews application, Right. Yeah. Um, I we can look at Stamped or we can look at Yachtpo uh, yeah. as two really big players, and these are external services that manage reviews, are trusted platforms, uh, and, and integrate well with Shopify. But they also yeah. integrate with Big Commerce and Magento and Easy Cart right. and WooCommerce and what have you. Right. right. Um, this allows you to get your 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 product reviews saved, have people. Um, 
add a review, are invited for reviews after you get after they yeah. make a purchase. Yeah. And yep. this helps build your social proof, right? Right. And so this is a valuable application to have on your website. Yeah. If you have enough volume to support reviews. Yeah. Right. If you've got yeah. ten thousand products and three sales and no reviews. Right. You might not want it yet. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. We, we also talk about that frequently too. Like, you know, give give some things to friends and family so you have some reviews to to show, but don't just show no reviews. That's right. In in some cases. Right. Right. So you you talked a little bit about being um, you know, an app developer and creating apps. And I know you've got now five-ish, maybe more apps on the Shopify store specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the at least correct me if I'm wrong, but at least a lot of the way that you build your apps is based on solving problems that people have asked or people have come to you and said, hey, can you make my store do this? Or I I need this functionality. Can you, you know, and so you've created these apps to fulfill that need. What are some of the biggest things that people are coming to you, uh, you know, with questions on or where do you kind of see some gaps in the market from that perspective that you know you guys are going to have to fill in with with apps or somebody's going to have to at that point. Yeah, for sure. So our, our latest app is called Translate. We, we published it a little under a year ago now. Um, and this comes in and allows us to localize a Shopify store. So this is a Shopify-specific app. Uh, one of the big criticisms of Shopify for the longest time was that it couldn't handle multiple languages. Mm, You would set up your store in a single language and that was your site. And if you wanted a French version or a German version or a Dutch version or a Spanish version, you had to create a duplicate site and then manage a duplicate inventory and manage your syncing. And it it, it was, or or get a very clever developer to do some very clever development hacks, which I've seen and some that I've developed over time to get this resolved. Shopify has since come out with uh, a whole suite of APIs, um, which are basically connectors, uh, endpoints that we can use to communicate server to server uh, with Shopify. Uh, that includes uh, a whole suite of translation functions. So hmm. now they made multi-language sites possible, but they they didn't give an interface for it. Yeah. So yeah. in order in order to uh, to benefit from it they put these APIs out there and said, okay, app developers, we have this available, do something with it. And we're go, like, okay, go figure well, it out. <laughs> we will, right? And, right? and we did this because we had the need. We're based in Montreal and Montreal is a very bilingual city. Uh, Quebec is, is a very, bilingual, it's French first and then English and the rest of yeah. Canada is English then French. And yeah. so a lot of our clients who sell in Canada have the need to sell in both languages, right? right. We have two official languages. And so you got to sell in both. Right. Um, and this was a big hurdle for us in in offering Shopify as the appropriate solution for these these clients because there was no multi-language. So we built one. We built one um, for our needs and other people needed it too and now it's public. But wow. I would say like we have we have five published apps, right, which are general purpose, fit a whole bunch of merchants, but we've made 50, 100, I don't know how many custom apps, right? And this yeah. is this is where doesn't matter what platform you're on, if it's Shopify or WooCommerce or anything, when you have a very unique business need, yeah. it's unlikely that you'll find an existing solution. Yeah, And, and that's yeah. where the development comes in, right? Um, 
It can be that you want certain business triggers. So when an order happens, you need to notify your production team. You need to light up a light in the warehouse and you need to <laughs> turn on a siren in the in the front yard so people come running it back here. I don't know. I'm inventing stuff, right? Um, but okay, so here's this very niche need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's unlikely that many other merchants have this need yeah. and therefore it requires development specifically to your business needs. And that's where the custom yeah. development comes in. Right. So Jonathan and his team have, have done quite a bit of custom development for m- me and my clients at the agency. And, and we have done some really interesting things with Shopify and, and made it do some things, like I said at the beginning, that we didn't, I didn't know it could do. And I don't know if you knew it could do that in the beginning either. But, but that uniqueness, I think, is, is something that when you get to a point in your business where you've got volume and you can, you know, hire a developer and you can get to that point, it's not always that expensive to hire a developer either. I mean, I think there's some sort of, you know, mindset around, well, I'm going to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get somebody to do this. Well, maybe, like you said, the capital upfront kind of piece, you might have to do that. But there's also people that can just help you finagle smaller things, right? I mean, it sure. doesn't always have to be a big deal every single time. I think I think it's important to look at your your e-commerce site as a business channel and right. then look through it with the same lens. So, if I have a product, my, I'm selling widgets and I've got widgets with propellers and I've got widgets with flashing lights and I've got widgets with running feet, okay? These are my products that I sell. Uh, I have a few different ways I can sell these. I could sell these door to door. Yeah. Right? And yep. then I need to pay for travel. Right. Maybe I need a car. Maybe I need a bus pass. Maybe I need a new pair of shoes every week because I'm walking so much. <laughs> and so that's my that's my business expense, right? Uh, yep. Maybe instead of that, I need to sell in a retail store. So. What am I getting? I don't own a retail building, and so I yeah. have to rent a place. Before I can move in, I have to pay to renovate it and decorate it and buy a countertop and buy shelving and buy fluorescent lights yeah. uh, and, and some pretty things so that it's interesting when customers come in. Or maybe I want to go sell online, right? Now I can sell through Amazon, as right. an example. But I'm using somebody else's platform, and so they're going to take a percentage of every one of my sales. Yeah. Or I can set up my own platform, right? And then I have to pay for a server. I have to pay for infrastructure. Yeah. I have to set up the website. Or I can pay a, a, a service platform like Shopify, and then I pay a monthly fee, and yeah. I can use pre-made templates. But when it comes to that renovation budget for my retail, uh, my retail store, yeah. well, that's my developer budget for my website. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm setting up the look and feel. I'm setting up the user experience yep. to reflect the brand. So, yeah, that's a great it, way to think about it uh, is, you know, you, you would use that money in a, in a brick and mortar. You would use that money if you were going door to door. You have to have updates. You have to have renovation. You have to have the look and feel or whatever it is that you need. And and you're absolutely right. That's a great way to think about, you know, having a developer step in when needed. But it's got to be at the right time. It's got to be at the right, you know, juncture. It doesn't have to always be when you're just getting things started. And it doesn't need to be something that, 
you know, it, it keeps you from going forward in some cases thinking that you need this big, robust, you know, development team behind you, at least with Shopify, right? Exactly. Exactly. The, 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 this is, again, one of the main reasons that we promote this platform is yeah. you, you don't need a developer in order to sell on Shopify. Right. Right. You can do it entirely yourself. The the resources available for you, there's community forums, there's tutorials, there is developer documentation, there is user yeah. documentation. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a, a fantastic customer customer support team that can help with all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. Um but I mean we we made this point earlier and I think it's important enough to repeat it. Shopify, your Shopify store is not your business. Right. Or your WooCommerce store is not your business or your retail right. store is not your business. Yeah. Your business needs to stand on its own and have a plan and, right. and, and, and have a message and have a mission before like right. it's not, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start an online business and I'll start with my website and then I'll figure out what I'm selling on it. Right. You, you might get lucky. You might. <laughs> um, you might, you might. <laughs> but probably um, not. But probably right. not, right? Right. It has right. to start, a, a business starts with a fundamental, what Foundation. am I offering? Yeah. Yes. Who am I offering it to? Do they yeah. want it? Do they right. need it? Right. And and you, you build from there. Right. The website is just a vehicle to, do to be able to get it in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I, and I agree with you 100%. Now you have line of sight to a lot of different stores, right? So yep. you, you see a lot of these businesses and you see a lot of people selling a lot of different types of products. What would you say, you know, kind of thinking forward a little bit, what are some some trends or some things that you're seeing in the e-com space right now? Maybe it's around development or tech, or maybe it's around new ways of selling things or new offerings or things like that. But what are you kind of seeing happening in the e-com space from your line of sight? Because you do have, you know, a, a lot of businesses that you're looking at. So, Absolutely. So uh, one of the big buzzwords in tech uh, last year, this year, and going into next year is this concept of headless commerce. Yes. Uh, that, that's where we take the merchant and we remove their head. And No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, it is kind of a, a graphic sound. Right? <laughs> headless commerce. What does so, that mean? So, so headless commerce, uh, we'll, we'll do the geek speak first and then we'll break it down. So it's the yeah. decoupling of your front end from your back end. Okay. Yes. So now that the words are out, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Let, let's let's paint it with two examples, okay? Uh, so the the standard headed commerce, I guess I don't know what the opposite of headless <laughs> is. The, sta the standard way of doing commerce, if we look at Shopify. So Shopify, I pay a single service. I have my admin portal where I have my products, my customers, my orders, my inventory, and my website editor all in one place. Yeah. And when the customer comes in from the other side and visits it on the web, they're seeing the website as defined by the platform, right? Got it. Yep. Um, and then the way we supplement that is we add an app here, we add an app there. And then before we know it, we've got 25 additional scripts that are loading on my page. Yep. They can impact my page load. Sometimes they don't quite look the same yes. from a look and right. feel uh, point of view. And we start to lose control over our own site because we have 25 different dashboards we need to go to to connect yeah. and, and manage everything. Okay. So 
the idea of headless commerce is we're separating the back end from the front end. Okay. Mm. And so now we can look at Shopify or big commerce or, or, or WordPress as my data layer where I'm going to have my products. I'm going to have my, uh, my orders. Uh, I'm going to use the cart and checkout. Um, and then I can have a completely separate platform that I use to build out the user experience. So a page builder tool, uh, builder.io, really, really strong. There's Shogun yeah. page builder that does it now. And, yeah. and what, what these allow is more creative control over the interactions and the user experience Yeah. while maintaining all the robustness of the data layer through the mm. use of APIs. Okay. But the addition here is that I'm not limited to a single data layer. So I could have my core ah. product information in Shopify, but then I could be using um, a, a separate product information manager to Got come it. in and supplement additional pro- uh, information. I could be using uh, a WordPress blog, as yeah. uh, the WordPress CMS for my blog entry because I like it and I'm comfortable with it. And it's what my contractors use or whatever. Right. And then using an API layer, we can go get the blogs on WordPress and present them holistically within the same integrated site. So it allows us to connect multiple data streams into a single entirely custom output that that's presented to the customer. And because it's it's a custom built site using this data, we're in control or, or the developer and, and the merchant team are in control 100% of the experience. Maybe you want it to be video first. Maybe you want it to be mm. blog first. Maybe you want it to be interactive, right? There's, there's a lot of different approaches we could take there. And so what headless commerce really does is it turns on its head the idea of a traditional retail site, which is landing page, catalog, product, cart. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that approach. It works really well and it's proven. Yeah. But maybe for your business, that's not what you need. Maybe for right. your business, it's landing page, store locator, individual store available inventory cart, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, and so we can break up the flow. We can add layers. We can we basically do can whatever. Yeah. Do whatever. Exactly. If you can dream it, it can be built. So uh, this, cool. is, this is something we're, we're, we're diving very, very strongly in. Um, we believe it to be the future of e-commerce. Um, Interesting. For, for, not for beginners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. I, I think that's a good, uh, it's a good point to bring up that, that this is more advanced sort of, you know, million, millions of dollars going through your business kind of situation right. where you, right. you're in a, a more advanced, this is not beginners starting up new store type of things. These are proven products, but this is where, you know, when you talk about scaling and going to the next level and being able to manage and control the user experience a little bit more, not just because you, you know, want to, but because you actually need to, from a functionality perspective, have different user experiences. Now with this headless commerce, can you, can you tailor different experiences based on the person as well? So like if I have a tendency to know 
that, you know, Don the user likes to shop via video, I can present Don the user with video first. And Jonathan the user likes to shop via blogs. Can I present him with blogs first to shop? Or, you know, maybe that's not the best example, but. You know what? It's it's an example that that definitely defines the need. So the what we can do is we can really use behavioral targeting, right? Yeah. Um, and so there, there's the concept of A-B testing, which is used often in, in websites to compare, okay, I changed the button color and I'm going to present to 50% of my users my old color and 50% of my users my new color, which one changes, right? Yeah. Uh, and it sounds silly, but there has been some incredible growth hacks from major businesses by changing their color of their button because it draws the eye, right? So that's, right. that's one example. But right. um, going further and doing user-level targeting based on experience, based on what they've seen on your page so far. So here's, here's a good example. Um, when I land on my front page, is it my first visit to the website? If so, present my brand message. Yeah. Is it my second visit? And if so, did I visit a product the last time? Let's right. show that product on the on the front page, since that's what you came here for, and I right. want to reduce your path to purchase. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so that could be an, an option. We could definitely do things like present video or text or or whatever first. Um, it's important to not go too crazy there because you don't want to confuse your users by providing them a different experience the second time they come. Right. Uh, True. But, yeah. But, th- yeah. but there, there is some, some Uniqueness. customization that yeah. we can do there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where I, I really feel like that, that is sort of missing is some of that customization piece of it, particularly when you get into there and, and, you know, we've talked in other podcasts and, and in other interviews that I've done about gamification and some things that are coming and, and I'm sure you're seeing that from a developer side of things and how that's being used, you know, in e-com platforms. And this would give you that opportunity for sure to, do that differently, right? Definitely. And, and have more control over that. I got to admit, I'm not fully convinced on gamification as a retail strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, to me, is a service strategy, right? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, because in order for it to work, you have to have a lot of recurring business. Right, right? true. Um, and the places that I've seen gamification work are places where it's not tied to purchase where it's tied to engagement. Um, yeah. And that that's a lot of work, right? It uh, is. Yeah. Just, just ask Dawn. She, you, you, you know, you know <laughs> what it's like to engage, to manage a community, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in order to keep yeah. them engaged, in order to keep them interested. Well, it's not just being present. It's being the expert. Right. It's taking the time. Yeah. And that's where we see gamification work. Yeah. Right. For Things sure. like badges for forum posts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. What what I see work in retail is loyalty incentives, right? Those are huge, huge. Thing, right. Things Agreed. like you get points, right? Right. Um, uh, I, I know we have it in Canada. I think you have it in the United States. Air miles. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we we just worked with the uh, with Air Miles here in Canada. Uh, yeah. To develop a Shopify app for integration. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That that allows merchants now to offer air miles, reward miles on their site with bonus rewards and the whole kit. That's crazy. Um, and, yeah. and so that is now live on the App Store as of about three weeks ago. Wow. 
Wow. Well, so, go check and, that out because that's a big deal for a lot of people. They yeah, get credit so, cards for it for certain and different, you know, I mean, yeah. That's Huge. it. That's it. Huge. So like in, incentives and reward points are are massive, right? And, and right. people will go out of their way to purchase a product at location A rather than location B because they get points right. or because they get rewards, right? Right, right. Um, but an incentive program won't sell your crappy product if it's right. crappy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Again, it all comes full circle to you've got to have a good product in any of these conversations and any of these, you 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 have to have a great offer and then you have to know who you're selling it to. That's and right. and that doesn't change regardless of what you put in front of people if the product's crap to your That's point. That's right. Yeah. Loyalty programs, you know, we've talked about um, loyalty programs on this podcast and I've, I've mentioned it several times in, you know, my Facebook group and newsletters and different things as being really almost a no-brainer, even in a small store situation or even where you don't have a lot of volume coming in yet. It is a repeat customer uh, retention strategy that I think is is so important. So I, I love hearing you say that because yeah. it, it's key, more so than probably a lot of other things that people think that might work. It's it, it's really the, the the value you'll get from a, an incentive program really depends on the kind of product that you sell. Like it, yeah, the, the the more the closer you are to a consumable type product, be it food or batteries or fabric or something that you need to keep buying over and over again. Yeah. The more success you'll have with a rewards program, right? Right. Um, but there, there's this other, there's this flip side. Don't offer incentives just to offer incentives because, yeah. in the end, they cost you money, right. right? If if you're offering points that are giving a discount, let's say ten percent off, twenty percent off the purchase when you get X number of points, would they have made that purchase anyways without the points? Right. Right. So maybe, right. It's yeah. There's that uncertainty layer. Um, it, it can make a lot of sense, but if you're already overflowing with orders and repeat yeah. customers and loyalty and engagement, don't yeah. just give free stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's it it goes back to a conversation on discounting, right? I, I I am a big believer in don't discount unless you 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 need to, right? There's there's certain times like Black Friday yeah. is always a good one. It's always good for you know promotions, new things, all this. I mean, you know. There's a time and a place, but just for your everyday seller, not everything on your website needs to be 10% off. Not everything on your website needs to have a loyalty program or every website doesn't need to have it. You're you're 100% right. And I think that, you know, as we as we start to wrap up here, Jonathan, some of the things that people are, you know, asking me questions about the most are, you know, well, what if, you know, this, what, what if this doesn't work or what if this is the case? And, and you've been around long enough now to see, you know, trends of things working, trends of things that don't work. And you've mentioned several of them here. As we kind of wrap up, are there any last thoughts that you have for business owners on how they should think about the future of their e-com business related to tech or not, just general, you know, advice or recommendations that you have? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'll, I'll do this in two parts. Number one, how to think of your e-commerce business. Think of it as an extension of your business. 
Yeah. You're, 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 even if it's your only sales channel, your website is not your business. Right? Yeah. It might be where all your revenue comes through, but that could change tomorrow. You could yep. add another sales channel through Amazon or, or, or Best Buy or, or Walmart, right? Yeah. Uh, you could decide that you've gotten a volume in your local town to open a brick and mortar store. It's just a sales channel, right? Yeah. And, and your business processes and your business mission needs to be clear yeah. in order to have success no matter the channel. Yep. The second point is free shipping is king. Okay. Uh, when, when, better than discounts, better than loyalty programs, better than any coupons or, or retention offers you can do. Your first time visitor will bail on you if they don't know what they're paying for shipping before they get to cart. Yes. And they will bail on you if it's too expensive. Right. And this right. is, I, I've seen this with smaller business owners mainly. Um, where they're so afraid of losing money on shipping that they connect to calculated shipping rates or they set up like this table rate with 25 conditions. And if it's this product, <laughs> it's this price, it's this product. Right. Oh, calm down. Right. <laughs> the, right? The, game, the game with shipping is over the course of a year, you ideally want to lose not too much. Right. That, that's it. But you're always going to lose on shipping. And you yeah. should always lose on shipping because it's the cost of doing business. Right. If you were selling your products at Walmart, you would be paying to ship those products to Walmart. Right. So subsidize your shipping, set a, a fair market value for the shipping price based yep. on your target cart, right? Yep. What yep. is your average cart size that you're aiming? Is it $200? Perfect. At $200 and more, free shipping. Yep. Right? Or $150 or $100 off. Yep. Depends on, right? If, if, if you're in a business where people don't buy multiple products at a time, they buy one, then set your free shipping cart to $1 more than the value of that product. Yep. That exactly. Way, Incentivized. That way you can, you can add batteries or yes. whatever add-on yeah. product just to get that free shipping and increase your average cart. Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome, awesome advice. And, and that's a whole nother podcast that we could talk about for sure is fulfillment shipping pieces of things. And I think people don't get it right most of the time um, with, with the shipping piece of things. But well, Jonathan, this has been amazing. Um, we have learned so much with you and, and I just value that you've come on and, and taken the time to talk all things tech and fun and, and e-com. Um, if people are wanting to get in touch with you or they want to learn more about how they can hire you or more about your apps, where can people find you? What's the best place for them to go? Easiest way is wc8.io brings us to brings us to our website. Um, you can read about headless commerce. You can read about our Shopify apps. You can play around with the site, which is built uh, with a headless architecture. Uh, from there, there's a let's talk button. Fill out the form. Get in touch. We'll we'll reach out. 
That's awesome. Yeah, you can see the headless commerce in action on Jonathan's site. So that's pretty amazing. Well, thank you again so much for uh, giving us all this information. And if you have questions, as we always say in each of the podcasts, be sure to reach out to us at digitaldawnagency.com. And we would be happy to chat with you further as well. So that being said, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.